Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sports Keto Wrestling here on whatever podcast app you're getting this on. Subscribe to Sports Keto Wrestling on Spotify, Apple, and other popular apps. If you're just streaming us once, we have a whole lot more content for you every single week, nearly six days a week, including a special Raw review every single Monday night with Vince Russo, Smack Talk every Friday with Dutch Mantel, and exclusive interviews like this one. What's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Chris Featherstone. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. We have some of the biggest, the baddest, the best wrestlers of today and yesteryear, and tonight is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, I've got a really cool thing for you to uh, to do, okay, before I, before I introduce this former WWE Tag Team Champion and former NWA Tag Team Champion. He is the king of the Tag Team Division, ladies and gentlemen, but guess what? I got a water bottle in my, in my hand, right? I'm going to show you this guy is very wise who I'm bringing on right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to show you something that's very wise before I bring him on. Here's a way to uh, uh, reduce trash uh, fill trash uh, uh, just capacity. All right. You drink a bottle of water, you smash it like this. And then you put the cap on water bottle and you throw it away ladies and gentlemen aaron stevens formerly known as damien Sanda, how are you tonight my man i am doing wonderful uh doc right do i do i call you doc chris Stone. what do you prefer sounds good doc is fine yeah. all right yeah man did you know about that trick uh i did not but you know what i think um my life is forever changed i can tell you that and uh and i think you know what whoever's listening to this now the planet will be that much better. So, uh, no, all about taking care of our environment. So I think that's a great thing, and I, I think we should all do that. Yes. Uh, now you have a bunch of – you're going to have a bunch of squishy and scrunched up uh, water bottles uh, in your in your trash like I do. So uh, – and it, it all works out, man. You are doing some good things, some big things in the NWA with Kratos. Uh, you were a tag team champion for a while, defeating – uh eli drake and james storm uh back in the day a while ago had a really lengthy reign just recently lost what a, a month ago a few weeks ago yeah something like that yeah 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 yeah. so how's how's life in the pro wrestling business in your world man no you know it's good it's um it's weird because i never thought i would <coughs> excuse me I'm, I'm trying to beat a, a sinus infection no here so i apologize if i'm a little bit sniffly but um no life is um it's interesting, right? It's I, I was out of the wrestling game completely. I was kind of doing my my thing, trying to uh, to go be an actor and, and everything like that, which I still am. And uh, it's funny because pre pandemic, um, I'd been out in uh, on the West Coast for about almost two years, and you know was just starting to get some traction. I did a uh, I was a principal in uh, Magnum PI 
which was great. And then, nice. you know, things were starting to, to roll there. I'm like, okay, all of a sudden the pandemic hit. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Things have now recently picked up. I just did a, um, a movie. We filmed it actually in Albany, New York, of all places. It was really, you know, just kind of random location, but a, a gorgeous one at that. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, things are going really good there. And then, you know, on, on top of that, it's like one foot in the wrestling game which uh, I was really kind of out. I, I, I left WWE and then I kind of was an impact for a little bit and then things were really good. Then, you know, the, um, and it was really nothing to do with me personally, but the political stuff, uh, the, the bad side of wrestling slash just business in general mm-hmm. slash humanity came in. And yeah. um, I was like, you know what? I'm out. I, I'm just, I, I've had enough of it. And I, I, I just needed a break. Uh, I think from the entire industry because I was uh, I was not in a good place, yeah. As far as wrestling went, and um, you know, nothing to do with the fans. Obviously, they were amazing. They still are amazing. That's why I'm back. But um, yeah, so it, it's it's an interesting kind of journey. Um, and then you know, going back with the NWA, what happened with uh, the question mark, which was lightning in a bottle, as we know, and mm-hmm. and that was so cool to be a part of that and kind of going through this weird process of having uh you know the question mark josephus um mm-hmm. joseph hudson's his real name I'll, I'll call him the question mark or sensei for purposes of my dialogue here um you know he had never been in a spot where he was super you know we'll, we'll use the term over with mm-hmm. the fans mm-hmm. and um to have him like, you know, just call me and be like, oh, my God, I was at an autograph signing and my line was longer than, you know, some uh, some other people that have been more well known, shall we say, mm-hmm. uh, or had more exposure. Um, you know, that was really touching. And then, like, we come back from a segment, <coughs> excuse me, and, um, you know, doing a segment on TV. And he would just be, like, so excited that he got that response from the fans and everything like that. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's how it's supposed to be. You know, I, I wouldn't say that to him. I, I was happy. But then I kind of went through this internal thing, like, wow, like, I was really lucky to kind of have that. Once I hit a certain stage in my career where the fans appreciated um, the the man playing, whether it was Damien Sandow, Mizdow, like, whatever character I was doing, they appreciated, like – me like the dude mm-hmm. playing that and i i don't want to say i took it for granted but it was something i was used to and it was something that i wasn't well like i always expected it i guess after that um and not a lot of uh not a lot of performers uh even people that are you know quote unquote booked like top guys whatever mm-hmm. the term is now um that they don't get that genuine reaction like that guttural reaction from the uh, the audience, be it uh, good, bad, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've always been lucky. Like I can make them cheer, I can make them laugh, and I can make them hate me. Yep. And um, and that's my thing. Like whatever they're going to be doing, I want them to be doing it as loud as they possibly can because yep. my job is to give everything I have uh, in regards to whatever kind of marching orders I call them. Um, yep. You know, wh- whatever is allocated from the office that that mm-hmm. I do. So that's that's kind of my deal, but. With um, with Josephus question mark, <coughs> excuse me again. Um, no, it, it really made me kind of appreciate what I had and um, mm-hmm. and to really like understand how special it is. And you know, we also, I mean, we don't know how much time we have. Like, a, a, if anything, like his his passing has taught me like every day is a gift. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, for me to not be in the wrestling business, which is something I, I do love, and I've had to kind of come to terms with that, um, I'm okay with it. And mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think I said this when I was doing that match with uh, Aldis a few months ago, like working with Joseph Hudson or Josephus, the question mark, he made me okay with who I am. You know, and I, and I, I kind of like acknowledge like no matter what I do, I can go play actor or do whatever, like, I'll always kind of be a wrestler. Like a little part of me will always be a wrestler because I've dedicated so much of my life to it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. And that's because of, of Joseph. So mm -hmm. very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that and, uh, you know, the, the question mark gimmick se seemingly was just supposed to be just, you know, him being a heel with mm -hmm. you, but it was just so organic. I mean, the fans mm -hmm. were just cheering him, you know, and it, it yeah. just really went over. So yeah, it was pretty yeah. cool. Uh, and just because you're on the show, I think tomorrow I'll, I have three kids, small kids and I think Uncle tomorrow, uh, nine, six and three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Busy man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very busy. So I think in honor of you tomorrow, when I'm going to prepare my kids for, um, for the day tomorrow, uh, two of them go to the two boy, I have two boys and the youngest is a girl. Mm -hmm. I take the boys to school and take the girl to daycare. I think tomorrow, because we, it's, they, you know, they can be a little chaotic in the morning. Mm -hmm. I think before I go, I'm gonna say silence and see if it ah, works. Right. You yeah. know what? It's it's it works every time. It okay. totally does. All right, I got to prepare for that. I'm ready. Yeah, for just it. from the diaphragm. Yes, so it's from the silence. diaphragm, and you got to. Yeah, okay. yeah, there you go. You yeah, got it. You're good. Go. Perfect. You're good. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and before we get into the questions, uh, you said Al Albany, New York. Did you know that Albany was the capital of New York? I did. Yes. Yeah, I did uh, a little uh, fun fact about me. I know all 50 capitals of the United States. Oh, so. OK. All right. What's the capital of Kentucky, Louisville or Lexington? Frankfurt. Bam. You got it. You're, yep. That, <laughs> you would be amazed. Like Kentuckians. I mean, not not that this is anything against Kentuckians, but a lot of Kentuckians don't get that. Yes. yes yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Give me one more state before we go. All right. Uh, Washington. Uh, Olympia. Man, you, got, you you're you know you you get you're the intellectual of this conversation. <laughs> I am the true intellectual mm -hmm. saver of the masses. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> you ready to dive into these questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh Rito was asking greetings from Puerto Rico. Oh god, here we like, go. Yeah, it was like I know that island. <laughs> what was it like working for Carlos Colon as Idol Stevens? Insane. Um I will say the whole experience with working for Carlos Colon, I mean, it was, uh, you know, first time ever living off the continental United States in the island. Um, I was a, a heel or a, a rudo on TV, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I really didn't have too many good things to say about the island, uh, which is, of course, not how I really feel. It was just part of the character. Yeah. So, you know, you'd go into some restaurants and cooks wouldn't serve you and people would cuss you out and do things and fans would throw stuff at you. But um, I tell you what, I learned so much working for Carlos mm -hmm. and, you know, above all else, like he, I'll never forget this. This actually probably was one of the most valuable lessons I've ever learned in my career. And, uh, and I tell people this too. Um, I'm not a big seminar guy because I really am not a, I don't think I'm that good of a teacher. Um, but hmm. I was, I did this thing where uh, there was a guy named Glamour Boy Shane, 
who was the Puerto Rican champion. And uh, I did a thing where I slid in the ring after he had a match, you know, kind of put a little steam on him, you know, took the belt, hit him with it, and he got color in the whole deal. I came to the back, and Carlos was sitting there with his, his plastic cup full of wine, cigar, and he's, good job, Idol. I was like, oh, thank you, boss. You saw it? And he laughed. He goes, huh, no. He goes, and I looked at him like, whoa, what, what do you mean? <coughs> so, he goes, I've been in business here for 30 years. Because I'm a wrestler. I'm going to be partially good wrestling. If you threw a punch, it didn't look right. If you threw a punch and it looked awesome, I'm going to watch that. I need to hear it. Mm. He goes, the people are what matters. What I heard meant you did your job and these people are going to come back. He goes, that's how I judge my business. And the kind of like the light went off. And that was, it was so, because like I wasn't super, super tight with Carlos. Mm -hmm. But Carlos always took very good care of me. Like Carlos, you know, I had a job there as long as I wanted. Mm -hmm. And um, what he taught me, I will never forget that. And, uh, you know, I'm actually really good friends with all of his sons and uh, his nephews and everything. So it's, you know, I, I'm very much indebted to my time on the island. And I actually, you know what, now that I'm back in the wrestling game, I hope to go back. Nice. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Guillermo's asking, uh, how did the idea of Mizdow and a personist gimmick was born? Was it hard to adapt to the Miz moveset or not? No, I was uh, I was completely bored on Raw. Um, I was pretty much um, kind of at my wit's end uh, creatively in terms of, um, you know, creative has nothing for you. So they put me with Miz and I was with him for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden I'm on Raw and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a stunt double. I'm just going to fall down and see what he does. I'm going to mimic him. And um, I got called over to Vince after when we get back to the gorilla position. Uh, and he gives me the, you know, glasses on the end of the nose. Yes. You just fell down when Miz fell. Yes, I'm a stunt double. I'm supposed to do that, right? Do whatever you want. I'm the only one that will tell you when to stop. Okay. Didn't talk to the man for nine months. Wow. <laughs> that that was pretty much yeah that's that's how that went down <laughs> that, that sums it up right there yeah. so so that Leave me alone a, and I'll be fine <laughs> so that was that was like you know what i'm just gonna either i'm gonna get fired or i'm gonna get over that, yeah when you fell well, that was one which of your both ended up happening by the way but that's true um yeah, yeah. at least you got over first though yeah exactly so, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Guillermo's asking, uh, was there, were there any plans for Macho Mandow and Axel Mania before the Hogan controversy or not? I, I believe there was. Um, but you know what? Again, I think it was just very limited. I, I don't think they were planning to like give us a big push or anything, but we were, you know, again, crowd wise, we were an attraction. And in the house shows, we were getting as loud of a response as anybody. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that that was always kind of my gripe with WWE to where, like, whatever ridiculous thing you give me, uh, yeah, I'll rock it and I'll get the place rocking. But, you know, to to not give me anything of really substance in terms of creativity, uh, in, in terms of the writing and, like, storylines and stuff like that, you know, there's nothing I can do, which is why I just learned to kind of, like, let it go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rolo's asking, when is Axel Mania coming to the NWA? I don't know. You'll have to ask him, but you know, Axel Mania is still running wild. Brother. And it would be cool to see. Joe's just such a great dude and such an amazing talent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, <coughs> interviewed, I know a lot of uh, people in the wrestling business, wrestlers, and uh, some of them were trained by uh, by Joe. And uh, oh, yeah, cool. Right know, they put him over 
uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit about uh, being a good trainer. If I'm not mistaken, he helped train The Rock when he came back, right? Uh, that I don't know, but His I would doubt. His latest stint? Yeah, I think. I, I, yeah. I don't know, but I wouldn't doubt. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was like when when he came back around 17 mm. or 16 or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Joe helped him uh, train. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see here. There's a lot of good stuff. Oh, uh, Mike is asking here. Do you like playing the face or heel more? Heel, way better, way better heel. I'm, I'm, I will freely admit. Um, you know, look no further than intellectual savior. I'm, I'm go. a far better heel. <laughs> I, I believe. Now I remember you uh, going to Impact. You start off as a babyface, didn't you? Like when they first brought you. Here yeah, because I kind of had no choice. Um, because yeah. I had like people like when I got let go from WWE. You know, people were kind of like. Oh really? What's what is this? Yeah. And um, so okay, we were gonna get a babyface reaction, but my whole thing was like, okay, I wanted to kind of flip the script on him, and you know, I used like uh, the first promo I did. It was just very much from the heart, mm-hmm. yada yada yada. Uh, and then I started. I wanted to kind of flip the script on it, like where Liberace was just the first incarnation of a, a character that I was going to call Mister Showmanship. Mm. which was essentially I was embracing everything that they said WWE um, kind of used to uh, not treat me right in terms of the the, the outlandish characters and everything Mm -hmm. that uh, combined with actually being a heel and cheating and and being a, uh, a villain and a true villain at that, uh, which I don't think there's a lot of in wrestling today because Mm. everybody wants to be cool. Um, And, you know, again, just some, for creative purposes, there were some new people that were brought on the creative team that were trying to tell me what they think. And, um, you know, Pat Keeney had a, Pat Keeney has always had my back. Pat mm-hmm. Keeney has always kind Simon of like, Diamond. yeah, Simon Dye mm-hmm. has always been like, like he, he gets me, like he gets mm-hmm. in, in, in more so than me, like he gets what the industry is. Mm-hmm. And so I had like a, a lot of creative freedom, but then there were some other guys that were there at the time trying to tell me how to do my promos. I'm like, no, like leave me alone mm-hmm. please just if it doesn't work i will be the first one to say fine we'll do it your way mm-hmm. but just i'm kind of I, I have a pretty good batting average like let's let me swing myself please yeah um yeah. which was kind of part of the deal when i initially went there but um you know again with administrative changes and everything like that and um you know it is what it is yeah now you brought up a really good point um I've been watching. I'm an old school wrestling fan. I've been watching wrestling for over 35 years now, and I I enjoy heels being heels, and I, that's why I enjoy about your character because people love to hate you, and I think that's what heels are all about. Why do you think there's some there's this big new wave of like heels enjoy getting cheers and not trying to stop the cheers and and try to damper the cheers. I think because now, especially in the last like 15 years, really, you know, look at the world we live in. We we live in a place where, you know, on Instagram, you post things so people like them and you like literally like, oh, I post this. Oh, I, I have 100 likes. I have this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just kind of the way our brains are programmed. And I, I, I think now, you know, with people, oh, we need to you know, get along in this. And, and yes, in, in the real world, we do. Like, we need to accept people and, and mm-hmm. kind of under, be more understanding. But, like, mm-hmm. in in the world of wrestling and storytelling, 
I mean, you just need some jerks. Like, yes. because in real life, there are people that are jerks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in my opinion, when someone's okay, I'm a heel, but then they want to do all their moves in a match and, and their moves are impressive looking. I yes. love impressive moves. I love watching impressive moves, mm-hmm. right? But why are you going to give people a reason to cheer you? Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, there's a way to do impressive moves, but you don't just do them and then be like, yeah, look at how cool I am. No, you're yeah. a mark. Yeah. I mean, straight up. And I, I'll tell yeah. anyone this. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't care. Like, I, I think people that are claiming to be heels and want to be like cool and, you know, getting their, you know, getting their stuff in. So it's like, I, I think they're marks. Yeah. They're, they're marks. And you know what? They're, they're only going to do themselves a disservice because if, if I wanted to stand out in the wrestling business today, you know, I would simply, if everyone's moving in this direction, I am going to just kind of move this way. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you have to stay within, within the stream, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, go against the grain a little bit, you yeah, know, it, it's like, you know, we, we have whatever world we're in, right. Whether it's film and television, whether it's wrestling, uh, you know, whether it's in at work, you know, whatever, nine to five, we have like the, these margins, right. And we have to operate within these margins. The freedom comes when you can kind of bring yourself to it and, and creatively, find out where you lie within those margins and be mm-hmm. different. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, like you said, the show's PG, which I love, by the way, I'm, I'm not a big fan of cussing on the air. Um, and uh, although on the podcast, sometimes I do, but um, I, the, the A show with April, but uh, they, they bring it out of me. But, uh, but I think this is amazing that you, you keep it clean. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, I wish more people were like that. <coughs> um, you know, like, let's take that, right? Like I don't have to cuss, right? Like I, I, let, let's find other ways of expressing ourselves. Yeah, let, let, let's, let's take a higher, like let, let's, let's do something interesting, yeah. you know? And I think with characters, it's the same thing, yeah. you know? Um, and there are some extremely talented people, but the major problem in wrestling today, I feel is that the, the most basic connection with people, you know, it's like everyone's trying to get cool characters and have cool gear and cool, like, what about the human condition? Like, yes, uh, I actually wrote an article uh, a couple months ago for, for a, um, a magazine. Um, and, like, it was just how, like, in my opinion, just like with any kind of good entertainment, like, pro wrestling needs to kind of just appeal to the human condition. Yeah. And and that goes from a, uh, you know, a individualistic, like, character standpoint. And it also goes for, like, an overall booking standpoint. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I'm the booker <clears throat> for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood out here, which is a show that airs in syndication. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great because like, I get, you know, s- some really good talent <clears throat> creating storylines and just getting people to feel it. And it's amazing to see these kids just kind of like come out of themselves going, Oh my God, this is great. Like with the promos where they're not thinking about their promos all the time. Like there was just, there's a lot of good learning going on there and I love it. And yeah. when people like they go, Oh, I didn't know it was this easy. Like, yeah. Eli Drake's a championship wrestling for Hollywood alum, isn't he? Yes, yeah, I believe he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, again, in my opinion, Eli Drake is a one of the true heels. Yeah, agree. You know, he agreed. doesn't want to be liked. But yes, and that's why I love it. You know, and I again, I'm an old school wrestling fan. I have conversations with a lot of my friends about that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm looking at this guy, and he's supposed to be a heel. Why do I not like him? Like, why? Why do like I'm looking at him, 
He's cool. He has a cool entrance. Mm-hmm. He has cool, catchy phrases, and he does really cool moves in the ring. Mm-hmm. Why do I not like you? Like, like what because is, what he is does about? them in the right context, which is huge, right? Like he does yeah. them in the right context to where yeah. you your disdain for Eli Drake is greater than any kind of like plancha or whatever movie does right yeah yeah. and he's doing it to someone you want to see beat him and he knows how to do it in the right context so you know that's that's with with drake with drake he but but with with drake compared to other people why i think he's a good heel is because he feels like he has an aura about him that i'm better than you you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and, and people don't like that. You know, it doesn't matter who you are in this world. People don't like to feel inferior in that sense. And mm. it's like if someone's feeling and I'm, I'm, I'm a psychology doctor. And so, like, people don't like to feel inferior in that sense. And so if someone's having some superiority complex and that's actually a psychological term, superiority complex. Mm-hmm. And so if someone looks like that or acts like that, you have a lot of people who are like, Man, I don't have to answer to you or yeah. you. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and yes. So, yeah. No, it, it, exactly. And then, and, and, no, and then, see, that's one of them because when, when I was Sandow, right, I was the intellectual savior. What I would do, I would use what I would call the $5 words, mm-hmm. which, and it was such a fine point. Like, I would insult people. I mean, scoops down for this. I would insult people just above their head uh-huh. to where they said, we don't know what he just said, but we know he insulted us, right. which subconsciously right. made them feel inferior, yeah, which yeah, subconsciously yeah. projected you know, their hatred and disdain onto me. Yep. So that was yep. like, that was like my, my trick to the, you know, like, yeah. so yes, like you just have to have that. And like with Eli, he's just amazing at bringing that out. Like he just, there's something about that guy yeah, that he just feels like he thinks he's superior. And yeah. that's, you know, it's great. And he's a great guy in real life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've interviewed him before. Very nice guy. Um, yeah. He's, I think he, he's one of the best heels uh, in, in, Pro wrestling period. Mm-hmm. I would also add mm-hmm. MJF to there to that too. I, I love MJF as a heel. I think he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People love to hate MJF, and that's yeah. That's and I, I think he's he's the only new guy that really embraces it. From what yeah. I, I haven't seen that much of him, mm-hmm. but he he seems to get it, and that's super refreshing. Yep. Likewise, yeah. I, I agree with that. All right, let's see a few more questions. Let's do a little three-minute lightning round here. Uh, AJ is asking, did you love Team Rhodes Scholars gimmick with Cody Rhodes? And um, the second, this, you don't have to answer the second yeah, one. If you okay. um, <laughs> Cody and I, you know what, as a team, and, and we both said this, we never had a bad outing, whether we were doing a you know, three-segment match on Raw, a, an interview segment, uh, like a, an entertaining segment. Like we, mm-hmm. we never had a bad segment. Uh, and we, Cody and I were very, very good team. Uh, AEW, it, it's funny. Everyone asked me that, but like, I haven't, I've had zero contact with them. I haven't, no one has, you know, I, I just, as far as I'm concerned, I'm NWA. So yeah, real quick. Uh, speaking of that, what were the original plans of you winning the money in the bank case? Yeah, I was supposed to win it. And, uh, I was supposed to cash it. Like Cody and I had our feud. Everything was great. And yeah. You know, I heard I was going to win the world title. Cody chases me, and then we do the whole – we had a whole wonderful thing planned, and, uh, yeah, it didn't happen, but whatever. Uh, but I'm still very proud of that Money in the Bank match we had, and I, I yeah. think even Cody said this before. Like, that was one of his favorite matches, if not his favorite in WWE and mine too, just because – and it's it's nothing to do with the fact that I won, but, like, in Philadelphia, 
we had like seven heels and we made a baby face in that match. Yeah, that's true. Like, it, it was just, it, that was, it, it was such a great moment. Like I remember when I was hiding out by Lillian in the yeah. pit and Cody had fought everybody off. He had just a little bit of color, yeah. just enough to where you yeah. can see it, but they didn't stop the match and all that yeah. crap. Yeah. Um, and he's climbing up and I just went, oh my God. I go, this is going to work. And when I slid in and just that, uh, that guttural, it, it was just, it was magic. And you know what? It took everyone involved in that match to do it. Yeah. Like it was a, in my opinion, an absolute masterpiece. And you know what? And you, you know, the fans in Philly, if it don't work, they'll let you know. Oh, they'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Q, the Rock raising Roman Reigns' hand at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> That's, uh, that, mm-hmm. that, that didn't work out too well. So. It's, it is what it is. You know, yeah. Philly is a, it's a they're, they're an honest crowd, and and I, yeah. I always love them for that. Indeed. Uh, memories of your time in OVW? A uh, lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun. Rip Rogers' training is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, I think Rip's one of the best trainers out there. Um, also, speaking of schools, quick plug, Johnny Jeter's Manicore Wrestling yeah. Academy. If you're on the West Coast, go check it out. Jeter is a Rip Rogers guy. Um, we don't. We, we are – it's funny. We took a picture in NWA. There was a bunch of us from OBW. And um, at, like, the 2003 to 2005 era in OBW, like, we are all still very close. And, like, we have this weird bond between all of us. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people in developmental have that, but we do. There's this. There's a very strange like OVW family bond. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, as I told you before, Jeter was on the show last week playing yeah. uh, plug in Manicore, and so I'm yeah. glad you. I'm glad you have the shirt on. So. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah that's that's 100%. awesome. Yeah. Uh, Rizzi's asking, um, do you think we're seeing the best version of Cody Rhodes in AEW? Uh, I truly haven't really watched AEW that closely. Um, but you know, again, Cody, um, Cody has always been extremely, extremely dedicated to what he does, whatever it is. And, um, and, and you know, I'm the type of person that like, I will be so cerebral and like, okay, I think this character's out there. And then by the time my music hits and I go through the curtain, I'm so spontaneous, which is my strength. I'll be like, all right, this ain't working. We're doing this. Yeah. Um, Cody's meticulous. Cody thinks it out. Cody, Cody puts the work in. So I'm sure whatever he's doing, um, it's working. And, and you know, if not, um, Cody will always he, – he's always the type of guy that's always wanting to get better. And I think that's very admirable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and look, I mean, he's one of the most talented people out there today. So Yeah. yeah. All right, last question. Uh, shout out to DJ Eric for the $5 Super Chat. Anybody who uh, throws money uh, on the screen there, you, you have uh, <laughs> first right. dibs when it comes to questions. Right. Uh, DJ's asking, uh, even though she was only in the OVW for a short time, memories of when you are working with the late Daphne Lucy. Yes. Um, actually, when I first got to OVW, um, Daphne got there at the same time, and she was my manager um, for the first couple rounds. Uh, it's funny. Her name was Lucy Fur. She came down with white fur. And my entrance song was Born in the USA. It was really like this strange, like, Jimmy, what are you doing? And yeah, like, yeah. Or, I don't know if it was a cornet call, but it was just like a, uh, you know, whoever was doing the music at the time, I don't think was the um, uh, the best person to be doing the music. But, um, you know, uh, Daphne, Lucy, Shannon, uh, very, very sweet, very kind. I uh, truly love the business. And it's such a tragedy. Um, yeah. 
you know, and we, we just did a show, uh, the podcast uh, that I do with uh, April Hunter called The A Show, mm-hmm. where we had Mick Foley on last week. And um, we kind of interviewed about, you know, mental health and how people deal with it after leaving the wrestling world and things. And um, it's just such a tragedy, though. It, it, it's, um, you know, you always wonder, could you have done something? Could you have reached out? Could you have? But at, at the same time, um, you know, I, I think individually if you ever find yourself in a bad spot and and, and you're contemplating uh making a decision that that's you know will result in just you ending your life reach out to someone like just take a breath take that one second and just take a breath and then after that breath take another breath and then pick up the phone and call somebody there's hotlines for it so what i do it's what i do for a living aaron so i uh, I say a big hearty amen for that (laughs) That's, no, that's very commendable what you thank do, you. Doc, and then thank yeah. you for what you do because it's, I tell you what, uh, a lot more important than running around, play fighting in your underpants like I. <laughs> well, hey, look, I uh, I deal with the, the 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 mental intensity exhaustion of 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 helping people uh, 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 get out of suicidality and things like that. And people like you in underwear, you entertain me while I, uh, you know, thank you. I love you. Yeah, so thank you. So <laughs> you have a part of my life too. Man. So. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so let the let the listeners know about the A Show and every all things Aaron Stevens. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Aaron Files. That's T H E A R O N Files. Twitter at Aaron's Thoughts. A R O N S Thoughts. Uh, the <laughs> excuse me, the A Show. Just go to my Twitter, Instagram, and go. Just type in the A Show. And um, it's, I think it's uh, at the underscore a show. Uh, I believe that's right. Uh, and <clears throat> But if you're on my Instagram or my Twitter, you can find out links to get it. Um, we're on Patreon, Twitch, YouTube, we're on a bunch of different platforms. Um, you know, there's different, different levels of the show that you can listen. We have the a show after dark. We have the, the, uh, the show that we do every week. And um, again, we talk about everything from mental health to, pop culture to whatever's going on in the world. And, um, you know, it, it just, hopefully it's the, uh, at least we try to be a, um, a breeding ground of common sense and civility to where we can have people with different opinions where, you know, where we live in a very polarized society today in my, or at least the media will have you believe, you know, yeah. uh, there's everything is left or right, yeah. you know? And it's yeah. like, you know what? We're human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's less, no nuance in the world at all. No yeah. zero nuance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, let's just talk and then let let's examine and, and try yeah. to understand. So that's yeah, what we're, you know, yeah. we try to just facilitate uh, understanding different points of view, even if you don't necessarily agree with them or whatever. So that's all. Awesome. Awesome. Just a little bit of civility. Indeed, Aaron. It's been a pleasure coming on the show, man. I hope you feel better. Oh my God! Likewise, Doc. Thanks okay. so much. Thank you very much. I awesome. It. Uh, looks like his phone dropped, but cool, man. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron, for being on the show. Uh, good stuff, man. That was a really cool interview. So big shout out to uh, uh, Aaron Stevens, formerly known as Damian Sandow. Follow him here, right here at Aaron's Thoughts. Sandow, Aaron Stevens. Thanks so much. Have a good night. Bye-bye.